Hi, and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's food director, and I'll be your host for this episode. This week, we've got loads of great food and drink chat. Cookery writer Adam and web editor Charlotte asking important questions about crisps, like, do they taste better if you eat them on holiday? Alex and Sarah are going to talk us through the hottest trends in coffee, including alternative milks and nitro coffee. But first up, I'm sharing my best eating and drinking tips with Gregor after a whistle-stop tour of Chicago. Hello, Gregor here. So <laughs> Janine is just Hi. back from her trip to Chicago. I am. Where no doubt she ate a lot. So. <laughs> I can no longer fit in my... This is no word of a lie. Right. Uh, there's a pair of jeans that I no longer am friends with. Right. <laughs> they've let you down they've betrayed me they've betrayed me damn them I have several pairs of those <laughs> anyway so I, I thought I knew a bit about food in Chicago okay in, in that uh, I knew about deep dish pizzas and I knew about Chicago dogs which actually Janine introduced me to yeah I, I yeah but and they were brilliant, by the way. I, it took some convincing that a, that a hot dog would be better without ketchup on it. But honestly, it's they, a hot they, dog they with a whole lot of stuff, yeah, isn't it? A whole yeah. lot of other stuff, yep. which makes up for the lack of ketchup. Yep, it does. But uh, but Janine has experienced a great deal more than that um, in her on her on her trip. So I'd just yep. like to, to t- t- <laughs> tell us about Janine. What happened? Like you, yeah. I went to Chicago thinking, all right, it's all about the deep dish pizzas and the Chicago dogs and they do this famous Italian beef sandwich and I was really pleasantly well I was actually overwhelmed at the food scene in Chicago because it's 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 really vibrant it's really cool um but the whole thing I'd say about it is it's got so much more of a kind of laid-back friendly vibe than other big cities in America I mean my other big um it's it's obviously um it's midwest um but like you know, um, other big cities that I've that I've gone to, which it's compared to like New York, um, which I absolutely love. But I I sometimes find New York is quite everything's quite fast paced yes. and it's quite it's you know some of it's achingly hip as we know. Yes. You know, we, we've got East London, we know what you know. Yes. But Chicago to me just seems it just seemed like a lot more accessible, and that people were approaching it from a completely different way than mm-hmm. they're doing. But um, but yeah, so. Um, so, for example, one of the big things, and this is a drink thing, not a food thing, is um, the amount of brew, brew houses there, okay. um, small craft breweries. Okay. Um, we visited quite a few of them, and, and their story was, was similar in each case, and that they'd kind of started brewing at home. Mm-hmm. They'd got to a certain um, size of tank, yeah. and then they just thought, well, if we're going to do this, let's do it properly, and right. just, you know, started brewing craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, opened a little premises, put a little restaurant out front as well and started making incredible food. Yes. Um, we went to a brewery called um, um, Forbidden Roots Brewery. Um, and, and this place is great because the guy who started it decided that um, he'd look back at some kind of historical brewing in America and found out that they used to brew quite low alcohol things like root beer which used to have a slight amount of alcohol in it okay, like ginger um, beer used to yeah, yeah yeah exactly and but they would always use these botanicals and aromatics so he yeah. thought well that's a great idea for like start the starting point of my beer yeah so he started adding things like um he's got a he's got a great beer which you like called money on my rind which has got <laughs> um it's got a uh, grapefruit and juniper and it's a wheat beer that's beautiful like oh, got a I real citrusy yeah, yeah. 
and one called WPA, which is um, a wildflower pale ale. So it's got wow. elderflower and marigold in it. I mean, they're not overpowering. It doesn't hit you over the head with yeah. the flavours. Yeah. But, um, but well, subtlety is a good thing because it, one thing that, that uh, about American craft beers mm. is that they, they tend to, or at least in my slender experience yeah. of them, is that they tend to turn up hops to the max. Maybe that was a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, I think but... I think people are getting a bit more subtle. You can still get those really hoppy beers, um, but I tried, and I tried many because I'm a bit, I was travelling with two people who aren't big beer fans, so I thought I should just, for the team, be like yeah. the beer taster. Drink all the beer. <laughs> so when, but they... they all the brew pubs do flights of beer, which okay. which is a great idea, you know. Yes. So you get like little four ounce flights. So if you want to, you can try the whole menu without falling off your stool, mm-hmm. or you could just have full size pints, and then you would fall off your stool. Either yeah. way, you'd have a good time. Or you could start from a lying position. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I just thought you know these guys are they're kind of experimenting, but they're not. You know, there's kind of there's real method to it. Um, and the food at this place as well was just as inventive as the booze. So um, the bar snacks were things like Korean chili popcorn. and Ah, now, there's one yeah. thing I saw about about Chicago. Okay. Was that they have a famous mixture of popcorn. Yeah, garrets. Garrets, is which the is famous. like mixed cheese and yeah, caramel. Yeah, cheese and caramel. Yeah. Right, which sounds fairly awful I, to me but it might maybe it's brilliant did you not see the bag on the side no I didn't I, I've brought I didn't it back it. Oh, it's upstairs right. well, I, 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 <laughs> this, it. is, this is Gregor soon to find out what that's like <laughs> it sounds yeah. insane but yeah. they were kind enough to leave a bag in my hotel room the first night I got there yes um, and I was a bit jet lagged from the flight and I was like, I'll oh, just try this. Cheese. Perhaps this is euphemistic. It's kind of like cheesy what's it flavour popcorn, bright orange, and then you get like crunchy caramel flavour popcorn and you're meant to eat it together and you think that sounds a bit mad and you start eating it and go, oh. And then suddenly it all makes sense in your head <laughs> and the bag's <laughs> empty. Right, okay. I really, yeah, it's great. It's great. And there's a place called Garrett's or Garrett's, Garrett's I think it is, which is, which is famous for doing the, the best possible incarnation of this popcorn and it is called the Chicago mix as well so right, okay so they're, they're crazy but yeah. they, they know what they're doing yeah and did you do the the, the more uh, populist things like deep dish pizza we didn't because um, we actually looked into it and um, I'm not saying it's it's a it is a thing and people out there there are some great there's there's a I think it's a restaurant called Gino's East which is really famous for Chicago deep pan however there's this kind of whole new wave of great pizza places um, and we went to a, a place which is Anthony Bourdain's favourite place okay. and in fact Dave Grohl from the Foo Fires so I mean right. you know what you, you're not going to turn that down Gideon is a fan by the way <laughs> I know I just think he's pretty cool so he, he, yes, knows, yes, he looks yes, like yes. a man who enjoys his pizza yes he does so we went to Peace Brewery <laughs> and um Peace Brewery, Priest Brewery and Pizza, I try yeah. to say that after a couple of Peace Brewery brews, um, where they do fantastic um, pizza. And it's New Haven style pizza, which apparently is, um, well, there's three different types. There's, there's a white and a red, which is your classic white's just pizza base mm-hmm. with mozzarella, parmesan, olive oil, and then whatever toppings. Mm-hmm. Red's the same with tomato sauce right. and then the new haven style is just red sauce no mozzarella okay. no mozzarella so just right. hold the mozzarella and then you just choose your toppings um but we uh we we sort of got two pizzas which they said were designed to feed 
between one and two people and there were three of us. We got two of them and we literally couldn't, couldn't make a hole it. in it. I mean, they were gigantic. Right. The portion sizes are pretty epic Quite over impressive. there. Quite well, really impressive. Well, look, I had, a, I had a, a swift look on the internet before I, I came down. <laughs> but, uh, and, Don't and so, do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, lists of foods in Chicago. Yeah. And I've got to say that portions looked enormous. Like the, 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 there, was an, there was an ice cream cone that was... Yeah. Um, and first of all, I thought it was a child's hand that was holding <laughs> it. But no, it was, it was a fully grown adult. They do, one, it does look enormous, the food. It now. was one of the, thing, one of the things I learned because we were there with some Chicago locals was that um, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in the diviest little diner mm. or the poshest restaurant in Chicago, if you don't finish your meal, they'll come up to you and say, can I box it up for you, sir, madam? And you get to take it away. And it's not like here, we get a bit embarrassed, wouldn't we, if you went to like a super posh place mm. and you, you kind of wanted to take it home. Though I don't, I regularly just ask for yes. things because yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah. um, but they, it, it's a thing there where uh, the girl we were with said, oh yeah, I, if, if I can't finish it, I'm, I'm quite excited about taking the leftovers to work tomorrow. So yeah. so I guess it, they've kind of gotten that circle now of people want enough so they can take the leftovers home maybe to like nibble on later or to take for their lunch the next day. But Because yeah. we went to... Um, a really great restaurant. Chicago's also really famous for steakhouses. Oh, yeah. You know, for really big, sort of classic American, mm. um, really a- stylish, beautiful steakhouses. So we went to one called Swift and Sons. Yes. Um, and it's it was kind of one of those beautiful kind of white linen, mm-hmm. um, really kind of impressive room. The waitress, um, cocktail waitress, came with a trolley and made us this um, this cocktail with like loads of like smoke and fire, and you know it was like table side, and that that was really great. Actually, at one point, a magician came and started doing some like close up magic at our table. It was really out of control how how flash it was. But right at the end, because we had we got these steaks, which were you know they came and they were pretty enormous. Yeah. Um, at the end, he came up and bagged everything up and people took it away. So, sounds amazing. So it's just, you know, it's kind of... It, I think what I like about it is it feels very um, inclusive and ve- like that. You don't... Yeah. I don't think you would ever be made to feel like you didn't belong somewhere. Right. I think you would always feel welcome wherever yeah. you went. Which, which I suppose is the difference between that and sort of faster-paced cities. Yeah. So it's, it's much more of a... It sounds less precious, more... Yeah. Definitely. More and I think especially with the... Um, with the brewers as well and we, we did go to a distillery and that's another big thing that's booming at the minute as it is in London you know distilleries making uh, gin bourbon um, uh, whiskey all sorts of things and they're, they're starting like really small scale distilleries yeah. and um, it, there's this real kind of DIY aesthetic that people are just kind of yeah we can do it and we can make it but they'll they'll craft something really beautiful out of it so yeah. I mean it sounds there, there, there are two things that you think of immediately when you think of Chicago yeah. you think of prohibition and you think of stockyards and, yeah. and, and beef you know yeah. as, as the other so it's like I guess it, it fits historically why those things would be there yeah and i mean they have a lot of fun with booze as well you know that i think there's that that there's a nice kind of um nod back to those days as well and there's a lot there's a lot of you know whatever history they're kind of like like playing on their history as well so but yeah um 
one of the funnest things we because we, we have to talk about the Chicago dog because it is a thing that you can go there and experience for you know three dollars or whatever yes. it costs yeah. <laughs> I can't remember I bought so much at the time like <laughs> yeah. we got Chicago dogs and chili cheese fries and right. root beer and all sorts and yeah. I just handed my card over and didn't really look but anyway I suspect it was around three dollars but um the Chicago dog is um I think they call it like drag through a garden or something. I think that's the phrase. I might have got that phrase wrong. Sorry, Chicagoians. But um, but basically, it's um, the classic is poppy seed bun with sliced tomatoes, um, your hot dog, hot sport peppers, which are pickled pickled like chili peppers, onion, uh, chopped onion, mustard, pickle relish, a big dill pickle that lies alongside the hot dog. Yeah. And celery salt on top, so it's like it's like it's a salad dog, Chicago. Yeah. Sounds what the brilliant. Heck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a whole meal in itself, and it's yeah. a lot of greenery. Okay. But again, it's fun, you know. But what you must never do is ask for. Ke- I can't believe they say this because, come on, let's face it. You've got the kitchen sink on there. You must never ask for ketchup, otherwise you'll get thrown out mm. of whatever dog emporium you're yeah. in. <laughs> I, I suppose it's an insult to how perfectly they crafted They've balanced it. it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because I was eating it and thinking, what's that flavour? What's that flavour? I know the flavour, but I don't know what it is. And then I looked and it was celery salt. Celery salt, You know, because we're used to it on um, Bloody Marys and stuff. Yeah, it's nice on eggs. No, but is it? Yes, it is, yeah. I've never had that. (laughs) Put it on your boiled egg or your fried egg. It's absolutely brilliant. Okay, I'm going to go away and do that. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, um, you know, just to kind of finish up, I mean, I guess... The other thing about it is it's so big. I was only there for two and a half days. I learned all of this stuff. Um, there's little neighbourhoods everywhere, pockets of Korean, Mexican and Greek where you can go and get really good, authentic, yeah. like super authentic food at not massive prices. They're on a lake, which is mad because you like come out of skyscrapers and you're on a lake. And, yeah. and in the summer, we were there, obviously, it was pretty wintry. Um, everyone piles down to the lake and takes like drinks and food and just kind of hangs out as if it's a beach. And they've got a bit which they call a beach. I mean, it isn't a beach, but it is it a beach? I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then they've got this incredible park, which is um, called the Millennium Park. And all during the summer, there's free concerts and festivals and people just go and hang out there. It's a very hangy, outy city. That's mm-hmm. the vibe that I got. And I'm dying to go back in the summer well, and just hang out with them. It so, sounds brilliant. I mean, yeah. I was, it, it, you've made me want to go yeah. even more than I did before. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah so, so much to love there. But yeah, I, I urge people, get down there, check it out. Okay. You know. Thank you very much, Janine. (laughs) I think we will be. (laughs) Do crisps taste better depending on where you eat them? Charlotte and Adam think so. Let's hear what they've got to say. Hello, it's Charlotte and Adam here this week and we're talking about a very important subject. Of course, it's very, very dear to my heart. And mine. And that's crisps. Yes. Uh, But more specifically, crisps abroad. Yes. Or crisps when you're on holiday. Yeah. I thought I'd kick it off with a particular brand of crisps. Yes. They're called San Nicasio. I've totally pronounced that wrong. That's the traditional pronunciation Mm. there. I'm not doing an embellishment, but they're <laughs> Spanish and they are just amazing. They are, they are so good. And the reason that they are so good, I think, is because they slice the potatoes super thin. Yes. And it's extra virgin olive oil that they cooked in. Yeah. Himalayan pink salt. Yeah, ticking all the boxes here. Exactly. I mean, it's a pretty posh crisp. Yes. Um, I think they're quite expensive, but 
they're, they're, they're oily, but they're not greasy, and they've got this great crunch. Mm. And I had a packet at home, and I was going to bring them in today so we could crunch live, yes. but I ate them all. So sorry okay. about that. Yeah. No, uh, well, yeah, that's, that's only a real shame for me because I don't get to eat them because they were that they were that good. But I just eat the entire pack. They are the best crisps I have ever tasted. And they're especially brilliant when you get one that's folded over. Yes, a double layer, a double thickness. Because there's like a little bit of extra grease, not greasy, but oily goodness trapped inside. Exactly. And And they're usually slightly saltier if they're folded over. Yeah. So they came in a couple of weeks ago and that sort of got us think like talking really in the office about crisps that taste better when you're abroad. It's sort of like that parallel that I was saying earlier about um, how that bottle of red wine in Greece when you're eating moussaka with a Greek sunset tastes fantastic and then you get it home and it's not quite the same no. <laughs> but we think well Chris probably travel they travel pretty well but yeah, yeah. got us to talking so like we both love Tato Chris the Tato's. Irish um, mm. my husband's actually met Mr Tato that, that is mm. a huge claim to fame I know I have a picture he was on St Patrick's Day so what in it, Dublin he, does he I'm imagining in my head someone who looks like Mr Potato Head but I maybe not sort of yeah but, but with a hat yeah oh okay. Mr Potato Head has a hat yeah anyway we did meet him <laughs> but I think the great thing about potatoes is the flavour it's so explosive yes yeah and mm. people I suppose people in England don't really know too much about them I actually had them mm. in Croydon recently don't, don't ask why I was in Croydon authentic but yeah. Um, yeah and it was I'd pint of Guinness and packet of cheese and onion yeah. potatoes and uh, it's the flavor, utterly, it? utterly delicious. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I was talking about uh, Thai crisps. So when I was went to Thailand, I've been several times, but went a few years ago and they have like crab and ch- uh, crab chili and lime, squid flavor. And I don't know whether it's like, you know, the heat and you're around all those flavors, but they taste so good. I'd like to really do it. I'd, ra- I'd like to do a test and eat some here because maybe they wouldn't quite taste the same but can it actually taste of squid or is it just sort of fishy it's like, crisp it's like that yeah it's kind of basically fried fish okay. goodness <laughs> Tasty. I'm not selling it but yeah I mean it, yeah. it was delicious mm. yeah but the crab the crab chili and lime ones are banging right I will look out for them yeah but as you say it's not quite the same when you're eating them in front of Coronation Street on a drizzly no, I Wednesday don't, I don't think it is mm. and like those like uh, summer um, well for me summer holidays to Spain where we'd eat these like like you say these like really thinly cut crisps like slightly oily but like and I, I'm pretty sure they must be allowed to put more salt and flavourings in than we are because most people would say that crisps don't taste the, don't taste the same as they used to anymore. <laughs> but um, I think in England that's true. But, Possibly. Yeah. And maybe if you're sat next to a swimming pool and it's really hot, you probably crave salt more yeah. and it's just more satisfying. But still, these you've got to try these San Nicasio crisps. Definitely Because have. they are excellent. And we're actually going to write a piece on olivemagazine.com about why we think they are the best crisps ever. Yeah. So. I mean, because you can... can you, are they not like... Sh- specific shops in Spain which are only sell crisps really? and they have like whole shop fronts just like um, you know like popcorn when you go to cinema and you can see it like in a glass box and it's all filled up yeah. it's like that but with crisps and wow. an entire shop and they have like these big vats of extra virgin olive oil where they're just like oh simmering <gasps> Well, they've got a crisp restaurant in London now they do they? crisps yeah. and dips yeah I'm yet to go a bit thoughts I don't know I think it would be fun I'm not sure it would constitute a main meal but yeah, I think you'd have to eat quite a few crisps. Well, that to, like a challenge. Um, yeah, yeah. Gauntlet, mm. set down. Do you think that the best crisps are just the ready salted ones, just salt and mm. olive oil? For me, I have been Simon and McCoy's uh, 
lad. Yes. Since uh, I was a kid, my parent and my mum actually used to buy. Oh, you get them for Christmas? Yes, don't you? I used to get um, like a, an old school um, like corner shop box of Sam and McCoys. With Every like you Christmas. got to, you got to one, you got to punch the hole through the opening <laughs> of the box. Perfect, ideal. Yeah. And then you got like sixteen bags of Sam and McCoys. <laughs> And that would be one of my main Christmas presents. Aww. Don't um, people out there might be feeling sorry for me? Please, please do not. I probably got you know a PlayStation or something, but, but that was quite, I cherish that more. I think now. Do you still get that? Um, uh, yes. No. No. Well, if Adam's mum is listening. Yeah, Dawn. <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> anyway, I think that's enough crisp chats. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, I think we've covered a lot of bases there. We have. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much for talking to me, Adam. No, thank you. Sarah and Alex spent last week at London Coffee Festival and came back with some great tips and some hot trends. Let's hear them. Hello, so I'm Alex, uh, digital writer at Olive, and I'm here with Sarah Kingsbury, our drinks guru. Um, (laughs) And on Friday, Sarah and I went to the London Coffee Festival and worked our way around a lot of coffees, sampling. If you didn't go, it is huge. It's in the old Truman Brewery on Brick Lane. There's about 300 um, exhibitors. I think they said about 30,000 people were coming over the weekend yeah it's over three days it's like a festival like an act well obviously it's called the festival yeah. but it had like music pumping out there was loads of um people warming up to go on the stage weren't there as yeah, well so really high energy lots of kind of interactive stuff they had the coffee masters competition just like a uh, a barista competition loads and loads of really cool stuff going on yeah so um this week is uk coffee week yeah. and london coffee festival always kicks off uk coffee week so what we thought would be good to do is have a look around the coffee festival and find some coffee trends for you all um and sarah knows more about this than me but um so we're going to start by talking about alternative milks yeah so we, we spotted a few a few milks um stands didn't we which yeah. seems a bit strange but um it goes hand in hand really doesn't exactly. it exactly so this year i mean they had their own stands they took up quite a lot of space actually um which is really interesting i mean everyone there's a whole kind of shift in the way that people are eating and healthy lifestyle and people are going um dairy free or vegan or you know people are looking for alternatives so obviously soy milk has been huge for ages but Mm -hmm. there's now almond milk hazelnut milk you know there's all sorts of things but the problem with those traditional ones is that they don't froth as much yeah so if you're ordering a latte or you're trying to get a cappuccino you just not the same you can't you don't get that kind of silky fluffy texture almost splits doesn't it so you know when you've got a lovely i usually order cortado and then at the top sometimes it just splits it's actually quite unpleasant yeah um but i mean this isn't a particularly new product but oatly are now doing their barista style milk which we tried mm-hmm. we tried a latte yes. and it is it gives you exactly the same texture super yeah. silky kind of velvety milk you do get a slight taste of oat still yeah, with it definitely but, but that was because it was a latte wasn't it so yeah exactly I think that was because stronger. it was a latte um, you'd be better off maybe to do a double shot or actually that nutty taste would really work well if you were doing kind of a Brazilian coffee or a Colombian coffee that's got those kind of chocolatey biscuity notes in it anyway that would actually mm, so end up complementing yeah. really well. Definitely. Yeah. But it's just, you know, a lot of people are now are, are improving their milks. You know, the top coffee shops are, are offering all types of different milks. Even mm-hmm. Starbucks now are doing, you know, coconut milk 
offering and it used to be that you have to pay through the roof to get that. And now people are kind of waking up to the fact that not everyone can drink mm-hmm. uh, cow's milk and we need to provide some alternatives and, you know, planet-friendly alternatives as well. Do you see that? Because I, uh, when I go into coffee shops mm-hmm. now, it is still usually 50p charge for uh, dairy-free milk. Do you see yeah. that changing, do you think? Um, I think so. I'd hope, I'd hope so. I hope so as well. I mean, I saw on Twitter the other day someone having a bit of a rant because they went into a, sh- a coffee shop and had a tea and was charged 50p for milk in their tea. Just normal milk. Oh, what? Which is absolutely outrageous that's absurd um, I want to find out where that is but we won't name it <laughs> yeah but I mean, you know people are, are kind of are waking up to it and are coming around to it and and I think you know a lot of people will probably still charge for it for the time being but mm-hmm. over time I think that will definitely that will definitely drop as it kind of becomes becomes normal so speaking of milky coffees and that yeah. texture you get, yes. Um, something that I found fascinating at the coffee festival was we tried this cold brew or nitro mm-hmm. cold brew coffee. Yeah, and he assured me that the guy that was um, selling it was sh- assured me that actually there was no milk no. in what we were drinking. It was just pure espresso, wasn't yeah. it? Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Because I'm still a bit baffled. Yeah. So cold brew is kind of does what it says on the tin it's mm-hmm. it's brewed the coffee is brewed using cold water it's a much much longer process and it gives you a completely different flavor yeah um, it really does to normal coffee and the nitro cold brew is basically they then infuse that cold brew coffee with nitrogen gas and it gives it <laughs> sounds really, it sounds really appetizing. bizarre <laughs> it sounds really bizarre but it gives it that really kind of silky bubbly texture yeah it's almost like frothy but not in that exactly. Kind of exactly. way, so it feels charged. Exactly. So, if you go into bar and order an espresso martini, that which we often do, which we often do, <laughs> probably a little more than we should, um, that drink is shaken and that is aerated, and then you get you know get the the foamy head right on top of it. Yes. And that process is actually down to um, there's a chemical in the beans that means that it gives it a frothier texture is same thing with pineapple if you shake pineapple in a cocktail it will give you a really kind of frothy head so it breaks um, down something is, is yeah yes yeah, okay. so there's like a chemical i don't know what it is i'm not a scientist but there's a chemical compound in like this the, the okay. outer coating of the bean um so it might be that due to the cold extraction process mm-hmm. more of that is in the coffee yeah to start with and then once you kind of aerate it with the with the nitrogen you get that really kind of silky frothy head but it almost tastes as if it's got milk in it oh it's, yeah it does it tastes like um it's been done in a coffee machine you know yeah. and it's been like whisked up almost yeah and it's machine, really it's a really milk cold brew coffee is just exploding at the moment and it's a really bright flavor um it's a lot more it's delicate very clean isn't it it's yeah. very clean it's a lot more delicate it suits the kind of um african coffees and um, they're a bit more fruity anyway and but what as we soon saw... as the sun comes out, you want a cold drink. Yes. And I, for one, really don't like drinking hot coffee during the summer. So no. cold brew, you know, again, if you go into a coffee shop, you ask for an iced coffee, it's really long, loads of milk, and it actually don't really no, taste the coffee. I can never taste coffee in iced exactly. coffee. Exactly. So cold brew, you can just pick up a bottle from, you know, your supermarket, um, M&S, Stock Sandals, which is a really good brand, and then that's, you know, instant coffee. Pour it over some ice or just sip it out of the bottle or, you know. Or, or turn it into a cocktail. Or because turn it into that's a cocktail. what we saw a lot of, didn't we? That nitro or cold press, yeah. cof- cold brew coffee yeah. 
is being used in cocktails. Yeah, it just like again, it just gives a completely different different flavour profile. Um, lots of bars now are doing nitro espresso martinis just because it gives that extra creaminess, frothiness, extra yeah. frothiness. Yeah, it's really yeah, delicious. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than espresso martini without that creamy, no. frothy top, is no, there? No, exactly. It just, and again, like, people are paying more attention to coffee and bartenders are taking coffee seriously. It used to be the case that you'd go into bars and they'd brew the coffee in the morning and then it would sit in a bottle all day, which is when oh. you don't get the frothy no. head. It needs to be fresh. And, you know, bartenders are, they run on coffee. So they want to they're paying a lot more attention to it and it's just, you know, you're getting a better product at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, speaking of um, taking their coffee a lot more seriously, yes. um, we saw some really techie stuff, didn't we? Super Particularly, high-tech. like, machines. It's almost yeah. too, uh, like, <laughs> scientific for me um, because some of them like speak they do everything themselves yeah. so you don't mean to tell them anything so yeah. it's like they've got minds of their own these machines it's crazy we saw one in particular that was really really cool it had all kind of t- it was a professional machine so it's not you're not going to be able to fit one in your kitchen um unless you've got a massive kitchen i don't know um but it had a touch screen and it allowed you to adjust the temperature of the brew at the start of the brew and at the end of the brew mm-hmm. so that you could rate you could use exactly the same beans and you could bring out a brighter, more acidic flavour or an earthier, more chocolatey flavour mm-hmm. depending on the temperature at the start and the end. Yeah, because it wasn't. It was different if it started lower to higher or higher yeah. to lower, wasn't exactly. it? Yeah, Yeah, because one of them was really chocolatey and the other one was more acidic, wasn't it? And it's just really interesting. I mean, people are getting more switched on to different coffees and African coffees are going to be fruitier and lighter and Brazilian Colombian coffees are going to be darker and chocolatier. But the fact that you can buy one set of beans or do one roast and get completely different flavours out of it from exactly the same machine and the same roast just by altering those temperatures is amazing. So depending what you want, because for example, espresso martini, didn't he say that you'd Mm -hmm. want a different kind of flavour profile than you might want for just an espresso on its own? Yeah, exactly. And it's all down to personal taste. But um, there are also kind of the smart coffee machines that can make your way into your home. So last year, Nespresso launched, I think it was last year, it might have even been the year before, launched a a new machine called the Prodigio, which is, it looks exactly like their normal machine, but it links with your smartphone. So that it tells you when it needs servicing, it tells you when you're running out of pods, it tells you like all these things. You can set it to brew from your phone. From an axe, so you're in bed and you've already got your coffee ready for you when you go to the kitchen. Exactly. Amazing. Exactly. <laughs> and there's there's so many of those out there. There are loads that will weigh weigh the the amount of uh, ground beans that you've got in there and okay. will alert you to loads of different things. We'll do it. We're going to do a roundup of those online. Right. So keep an eye out for that. I will. I'll be keeping an eye out for that yeah. personally. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty crazy. I mean, the robots are taking over, but if it yeah. gets your coffee quicker, then. Yeah. I'm on board. Well, so the robots are taking over. However, we saw something which was incredible, and that was just um, completely taking a craft um, so seriously. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if anybody saw our Facebook Live video that we did, but it's still on our Facebook page at Olive Magazine. And um, we got some time, some very exclusive uh, time with uh, UK latte art champion Dan Tamang. Yeah. 
Um, it was amazing because he had this Incredible. throng around him the whole time. You um, could barely get, no, get close to him. You could barely get pictures. So we managed to get a little 10-minute slot with him. And if you have a look, he did all of this latte art with, um, with colours. He had this yeah. gr- bright green and bright pink like milk didn't he which he's yeah. um, just normal food coloring but it's the way that he kind of layered it in the oh, jug because it, it all was... comes out of the same jug yeah that's that's the bit that i thought was really interesting yeah it's incredible the stuff that he does is, is insane and um he actually gave us some tips on if you want mm. to to try your hand at latte art at home he gave us a couple of tips um so the first one is really be careful what jug you use so you've got to have a really small spout mm. so that you know, I guess the milk flow is slower and it gives you more control of what you're doing. He also said to make sure you're using whole fat milk. Yes. Because it's the only thing that will really give it that kind of the right texture. It's all about the texture of the milk and that, you know, it's just kind of trial and error and making sure it's the right temperature. I think it's about 60. It was 60 to 65 yeah. degrees, yeah. So you can get those little thermometers that will clip onto your to your jug. And it's oh, just... that's what they're for, yes. Yeah, so it's just a, a matter of kind of practising it and perfecting your technique. And then the other thing he said to make sure is that you use a double shot of espresso. Yeah, so and to get the contrast there, because get, yeah. the patterns were incredible, weren't they? Exactly. So we did, like, swans and things. And if it was lighter, you probably wouldn't get the same intensity. Yeah, it just gives intensity. you more, more to work with. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm not sure if even with those tips I'd be able to do with what he <laughs> we'll was doing. We'll give it doing. a go. We'll, we'll yeah. get practising. Have you, you ever done it? I have, yes. Ah, yeah, I okay. used to do a couple when I was when I was bartending. Mm, nice, yeah, it's tricky. All right. Well, yeah, we've got lots of stuff online as well um, about. Um, we've got some good coffee grinders, yeah. and we've got um, the best uh, coffee courses. We can go on your own barista courses, can't yeah. you? Across and we've the got, UK, we've also got a guide to to buying coffee and what to look for. Um, if you like different flavours. Yeah, but if you just want to see a bit of latte art, have a look at the Facebook Live yeah. video. It's very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please don't forget to go and review and rate us on iTunes. For more information on things in this episode, head to our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our packed April issue now from newsagents or go download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with even more food and drink chat. <laughs>